Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Lord, we come and worship you this morning. Have your way in our lives. Speak to us through your word this morning, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word remains. God, we worship you. Just lift your hands wherever you're at. Close your eyes. Just let the peace that surpasses all understanding just sweep across your heart and mind this morning. Because I believe God wants to do a work in each of our lives. I, I love what Liz just said. It was around the offering, but she said, you know what? Sometimes there's one area of your life that you need to get freed in so that you can be freed in every other area. What I love about God is he's always taking us to that place of change and transformation through love. Because he never forces change upon us. He never forces life or we can do what we like. But God says, I'd like to show you a way which will be the richest way to live. The most blessed place to do life from. God, we just thank you that you are good. And as Justin said, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't change. So we know that your plans and the purposes that you have for our lives, they don't change either. Though we walk through seasons where there there is twists, there is change, there's up, there's down, you are the same. Ever present, always near. Your grace is sufficient. Your mercy are new every morning. Father, I thank you that each and every one of us will leave this place today lighter, freer, seeing clearer, hearing your voice at a more intimate level. Father, we love you, we worship you, we bless your mighty name. And everybody said, come on, can we put our hands here and just bless the Lord this morning? Come on, let's stir ourselves, let's bless God in the house this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Can we thank the team? You guys are magnificent. Thank you. Every week, giving yourselves, leading us into the presence of God. You guys can grab your seats. I'm loving the series we're in. Prepare the table, and I know Justin just did a magnificent job last week. If you weren't here, it is up on podcast. Every week we put our our services up online and, and podcast them, but Justin's just a great orator of the word. He, he delves deep and he brings revelation, and, and I want to encourage you, feed yourself midweek, not just on a Sunday, and get to a connect group where you can and get to prayer where you can, and, and let's start. Really stirring. You know, I, I was reminded just as we were sitting there of 2 Timothy 1, it says, Therefore, fan into flame the gift of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is a gift to our lives. Fan into flame the gift of the Spirit, which is being given to you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I know Justin last week was preaching about you're invited. You're invited to the table. You're invited to the family. You're invited to belong. But the enemy wants to come in and lie to you. And he wants to reveal to you what you're not. You know, there's a saying, and I've got to remember it here, but the devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. He's always covering. He's always washing clean. He's always, but you're invited. But don't listen to the lie of the enemy. That wants to minimize and limit and contain your life. Listen to God. Yeah. 
Listen to the promises that, and the truths that are declared over your life and flourish in that space. Grow and develop in that space of affirmation and acceptance and love. And But what I was thinking was we, we've got a fire pit. And where it says fan into flame, that actually takes effort. I've got to be intentional and I've got to, make, I've got to roll balls of, of, of paper. I've got to get the newspaper and rip it up and roll them up into balls. And then I have to get kindling and kind of teepee that over those. And then I've got to get some fire lighters. And then, and then when there's a bit of wind or something that's trying to blow it out, I, I have to protect the flame. And then when the flame starts burning low, I have to put more kindling, more fuel on the fire. And that's what it's saying, fan into flame the gift of the Spirit. Given as a gift, but we need to protect it. And we need to work to develop and, and, and breathe air and life into that Spirit on the inside. Fan into flame, fan into flame. Flick that switch on, go to faith in every circumstance. And if your four weeks been good or bad, who cares? Next week's a new one. Let's go again. God is still with us. God is still for us. And life is a gift. Amen? And uh, I was also prompted from Psalm 84. It says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. It's, it's a privilege to come to the house of God where God says, I will dwell and I will be with you and I will meet with you and I will do life and commune with you. Better is one day, better is one moment in the presence of God. This week, carve out some space for God. And rather than worry or rather, rather than fear or get anxious, cast it off. Shake it off. But that's what the word says. Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Yeah. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> Nobody thinks about me. Everybody's against me. Life's against me. Sam, are you already right? <laughs> Cast it off. God is for you. God is with you. Heaven is smiling upon you. All of heaven backs your life this week. There is nothing that can stop you. The Bible says you are more than an overcomer. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world or anything coming against you. You are a victor by design. You're not a victim. You're not walking through life underneath the weight of, of defeat. You are a victim. You can rise above. Let that thing go. Stand up. What does it say? Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and will. That's good news. Yeah. <laughs> I like that's good news to me. I'm, I'm happy about that. I mean, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Thank you for everything I have in my life. That's stirring myself. That's that's activating faith. That's choosing to look to the positive. That's going. I, 99 bad things going on. What? No, no, no. 99 good things going on. One bad thing. I'm not looking at the one bad thing. I'm going to look. I'm going to choose to go, you know what? My focus is on you, Jesus. I'm lifting my eyes to the hills to where my help comes from. The, 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 I'm, I'm not looking in the weeds. I'm not, I'm not looking at what's around my ankles. I'm lifting my head. Can I encourage you this week? Lift your head yeah. and start to see. Like Melissa said, when we're on the top of that mountain, I see things that I don't see when I'm standing in my garage. Yeah. Yeah. The crystal clear sky, the, the blue ocean, the, the whales jumping, the, the, the largeness of what surrounds me. Do you know what surrounds you? Yes. Do you know what is backing your life? Yeah. 
the God that spoke when there was nothing and created everything that we enjoy today, he's backing your life. But so often I only see that little thing in front of my face because I'm not lifting my eyes to see the magnificent of the life that God has gifted me with. Let's lift our eyes. So last weekend, Liz was in Sydney, but I was in New Zealand. I went over for the Holy Spirit Conference, uh, which was just unbelievable. And it was literally just three days of soaking in the presence of God. And we saw salvations. We saw healings, creative miracles. I don't know if you remember the casks, the casts that Zach had on a few weeks ago, those plastic casts with Velcro. A lady came to the front, she had a broken hand, she'd broken all of her knuckles, her hand was black and all swollen and we prayed and she got up off the ground and I didn't even realise she took the cast off and the black had gone, the swelling had gone down, she said my hand's healed. Wow. And that was literally days before and then God gave me a word of knowledge that there was somebody there with a really bad blood infection and this guy, massive big Maori man stood up, he was a pastor, and he, every joint in his body was swollen and he couldn't move his limbs. He said, I can't even, I'm a pastor, but I can't even hold the microphone. And we prayed, and he got up instantly. The swelling had gone down, all the pain had left. He'd been in hospital for six weeks. Wow. He'd been on medications. The doctors were trying to work out. But see, what God can do in a moment, yeah. man can't do. Oh, yeah. So I need to position myself where God is and, and allow the Holy Spirit so this week, create space for God, but then also allow the Holy Spirit into the middle of whatever it is that you're facing, because he only wants to enhance your life. Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Okay. We're in our series, Prepare the Table. You ready? Yeah. Beautiful. So in 23, we're living in a, 2023, we're living in a different world. 2023 looks very different to 2015, 2010, 25. Year 2000, everybody remember ringing in? Yeah. It's 99, it's, it's all going to end. We're Get ready, hug your loved ones, give my kids, it's all about to end. Oh, it didn't end. Um, I can get rid of those canned beans, I can get rid of those use with the food that I've stored up. But, we're in, but in 2023, we live in a, a different world, and society's different from 50 years ago. Yeah. We had the nuclear family, and you had we looked to get married and have kids and get a white picket fence, but we're living in a different day. Yeah. Yeah. We're living in a different era of the church, mm. but Jesus is the same. Yeah. Amen. Jesus is the same. His mission, his purpose, and his passion for our lives is the same. And I need to remind myself that so that when everything else is going crazy around my life, I can center myself. Yeah. I can come back to the foundation that I'm building my life upon and not get swayed mm -hmm by the to and fro, by the winds that are blowing or the, the voices that are yelling because he is the same and he's leading us towards an amazing future. And I say it, somebody got angry at me the other week for saying, Christian, you always keep saying that the future's bright, the future's good, it's awesome. It is. I believe it. That's because God promised it. He said all things are working together for your good. Not everything you face will be good, but he is working all things together for your good. He's increasing your capacity. He's strengthening you for the day ahead. He's equipping you and empowering for what you're going to face. It's, it's all good. It's working together for your good. And, and I need that. I need that because leading people in Christ is not that easy. Yeah. Keeping people in faith is not that easy. Running a church, it's, it's not that easy. It's awesome, but it's not that easy. Because I don't have to just think about me. 
I've got to think about you and your families and your situations and your and I've got to stir myself. But as we stir ourselves together, what happens when the coals are all together, stirred and fanned, the flame burns brighter for longer and there is a more intense heat that emanates from it. So what do we have to do? Just remain. Just remain. Just keep showing up. Just keep believing. Just keep fanning. Just keep reading. Just keep seeking. Just keep going after him. Amen? Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Justin talked about being invited. And I love it because we are invited. We're invited to the family. We're invited to belong. We're invited to be. But we're also the invitation. See, we're in, we were invited to the table. And, and I'm going to read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. He guards me along the right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. How good is that? You're invited to the table. And the cool thing is he prepared the table that you're invited to. And there's stuff going on around your world and there's, there's adversaries and there's accusing voices and there's, there's societal norms all screaming at you. And he says, but come and sit at my table. None of that is going to affect your life because you're with me. Come and, come and feast with me. Come and dine with me. You're invited to the table. That's your God. I'm trying to paint some pictures in your mind. That, that's the God who you serve. And so often we go, man, it's tough serving God. It, it was pretty tough going to the cross, I reckon. <laughs> Getting scourged, having your beard ripped out, being spat on, having nails driven through your wrists and your shins, being having a spear thrust into you. That was probably not that enjoyable. <laughs> Carrying your own cross, being beaten within an inch of your life. But he prepares a table before me in the presence of my hands. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. You're invited. That's magnificent. Get excited about that. And even though you're invited, you're also the invitation. Because yeah. in Matthew 28, we all know this scripture well, starting in verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, You're invited. Now let me say something. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let's party. <laughs> Let's hang out at the table. Let's just chill together and eat and feast and get fat. And if I lived in New Zealand, I'd get fat. Mate, they feed you so well. Their food is unbelievable. Their hospitality just it just keeps fun. And we'd go from meeting to table, meeting to table. And I'm like, dude, seriously, I've got to skip a meal. And I've got to go down the sauna. I've got to sweat this out a little bit. But it, it's that's not what it says. It says, you're invited to the table and I want to feed you and I want to fill you and I want to show you who you are and I want you to become part of the family and I want you to be empowered and belong and, and then I want you to go. Yeah. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Yeah. You are invited, but you're also the invitation. 
because you know who you are now, because that's who God tells you who you are, because he affirms you being you, doing you, how do you remain? Just be you. How are you effective in life? Just be you. Because God created what he wanted. And he filled you with his spirit and he called you to his purposes and then he sends you out and goes, you're enough. Today you need to know that you're enough just as you are. You are perfect in the sight of God. You are a reflection of God in the earth. That's unbelievable because I look at what I'm not and I look at my deficits and I look at my insecurities and I look at my failings and he says, you're enough. I'm like, why would you choose me? He goes, because I made you. And to me, you're perfect. If you start functioning in what I say about your life, you'll start doing what I created you for. But so often we don't function in what he says. We listen to what everybody else says. That's why we have to come back to the table so that I can get a reflection of who I am. I can be affirmed. I can be loved. and I can be built up. I can be strengthened to go out to the mission field that he's called me to. Let me ask you this today. Who can you invite to the table? How do you invite people to the table? Matthew 5, starting verse 14, says, You are the light of the world. I'm not sure about you, but I don't always feel like the light of the world. <laughs> and if I do, it might be a little big lighter. It might be a little. I'm at a concert and I'm one of thousands, millions. I'm at Tay-Tay conference shaking it off. I'm just, I'm just one off. But God says, no, you are the light of the world. You can make a difference. You can be the difference between someone entering into eternity or not. Someone entering faith or not. Someone staying uh, desperate and anxious and nervous or somebody entering into faith, rising up and being all that God's called them to be. You can be the one that silences the lies of the enemy and say, no, 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 that's not right. Let me be strength for you in this moment. I'm going to tell you who you are. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that anyone who would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. You're that anyone. You're the one he went to the cross for. You're the one he laid his life down for. Anyone. Not someone's, anyone's. Any person whose heart will be turned. Any person that will look to Jesus. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give lights to, it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Another version says, let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. Shine bright for all to see that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We don't shine bright for us. We shine bright for him because he first invited us to the table. He changed. My world changed drastically when I came to the table. Prior to that, I knew of Jesus. I didn't even know there was a table. Because I've been brought up in religion, knowing about a Jesus. And I like the Jesus I knew of. He was a good guy. He was friendly. He was caring. He was generous. He did miracles. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. I like this Jesus. I just didn't know I could know him. And at, at a moment, I came to the table. I was invited to the table. And I, I, I laid down my life for him, and everything changed. And it, it, it's, it's a journey. We're not there, but we are getting there. We we haven't arrived, but we're journeying towards the perfection that he calls us to. Again, how? Just be you. 
Be you. Do you. Enjoy you. Jesus wants to hang with you. He wants to be close to you and intimate with you. Amen? So don't hide away, shy away, fade away. Shine. And there's a saying that God is most glorified when man is most alive. That's where God gets the glory, when we are truly living and not just existing. And I've shared this quote a million times, but most men die when they're 30 and we bury them when they're 80. Because they stop living. I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly, but only till 30. <laughs> After then, just, just, just slow down a little bit, stop dreaming, stop believing. You know, my, my power was they only worked to around 30, 35 at max, and then I just, I just pull them back a little bit because I've got to spread them out. There's 7 billion people and there's more all the time. We, we're going to be at 8 billion in no time. And he says, live. That's why I laid down my life. That's why I conquered death and sin. That's why I rose victorious and gave you the spirit so you could truly live. Let's not just get by. Let's not just manage to eke out this this meager existence and get through another week and then get through another month and then it's New Year's Eve 2024. Here we go again. No, no, let's let's dream and believe and enjoy the life we've been given so that others can look on and God get the glory. Amen? The the table was prepared for us and now we need to prepare the table for others. Mother Teresa is quoted as saying, "What what I can do, you cannot. What you can do, I cannot. But together we can do something beautiful for God. Together, you doing you, me doing me, we can do something beautiful for God and invite others to the table. I'd go as far as to say that we are the table. That not only because because we're trying to attract people, we're trying to shine a light and attract people to ourselves. Therefore, we need to go to work on ourselves if we're going to attract people to that table because the table represents something. And, and I think we need to work on ourselves and, and get bigger and get more hospitable and more generous and more big spirit and more others focused rather than just living for me. So as, as I said, you're, we're invited, but we're also the invitation. And, and how do we prepare the table? Isaiah 54 says, enlarge the place of your tent. And most of us don't like this, and I'm going to say a statement in a moment that maybe you won't like either, but enlarge the place. I don't want to get bigger. I don't want to think about anybody else. I don't want to, I've got enough cares of my own, let alone caring for anybody else. Why do I have to think beyond my sphere? God, you gave me a family and you gave me kids and I've got a mortgage and I've got to, I've got to work and I've got to do... Why do I have to... Because God has created you to, to have overflow in your life and that, so that the overflow of your life can spill onto others and they can be blessed and they can see God's goodness. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Don't hold back. I love what Justin said before. Let's not, let's not shrink back. Let's press forward. Let's run this race with endurance. Let's, let's go, you know what, I'm getting fitter. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting I can do this. Stretch your curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Enlarge. Get bigger. I want you this week to think about what, what area can I get bigger in? Is it, is it my thought life? Is it, is, it, is it my capacity? Is it my faith? How can I get bigger? And as I said, this is a pretty big statement, and it's not a total overarching statement. It's something I do genuinely believe, and it's that most people in life are selfish and lazy. 
Stick with me for a second. <laughs> but most people are selfish and lazy. We primarily live our lives for comfort yeah. and fulfillment and for ease. Yeah. And once I've got that, I don't need anything else. And I put the blinders on so that I can't see anybody else and how they're living because I've achieved. But she said, let's live beyond self. It says Jesus came to serve, not to be served, and to lay his life down as a ransom for many, which is the polar opposite of how we do life. Serve me. I would love you to serve me. If somebody could grab me a chair right now and hold my <laughs> microphone for me, and that would be amazing because I don't really want to stand. You're all sitting down. Why do I have to stand? Why do, but do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's we do life for. What am I dreaming for? What am I believing for? What do I need? What do I want? Jesus says, don't worry about any of that. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you. And it, and, it, and it messes with your head. But Isaiah 55 says God's ways aren't our ways. And his thoughts aren't our thoughts. His ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. Because I can't imagine what when I don't care about everything I want and I just care for others that those things can be poured out into my life. But it happens. And honestly, after... I've been, a, I've been a Christian since birth, actually, since they signed the birth certificate, saying Christian, Francis, Stuart, Thomas, but I was raised Catholic. And then I came into Christ, and I've been, a, I've been a born again believer for 30 years, and I can honestly tell you, hand on heart, God has never failed us. Yeah. Not once. He has poured out into our lives so generously and richly and beyond what we could ask or imagine. And the more we look, to the betterment of others. The more we look to serve rather than be served, God says, okay, well, I'll, just, I'll add this to you, and I'll add this to your life. I'll enlarge who you are because you're living beyond self. Amen? And if we're going to show the world to Jesus, we need to be generous. If we're going to be the invitation, we need to be big-hearted, big-spirited people. Nobody likes hanging around a miserly, stingy person. I don't. And I think I've told this story before. I was sitting at a cafe one day, and I'm just sitting there having a coffee, reading my Bible, and these two ladies came and sat at the table next to me, and they were both dripping with gold, gold and diamonds. And, and they, they ordered what they ordered. And at the end of the meal, I just happened to catch one of them say to the other, okay, well, my share was $13.74, and yours was $17.50. I'm thinking... Just pay the bill. It's $30. Who cares? Pay the whole thing and enjoy the moment. Enjoy. You, you just talked. You just laughed. You just, and now you're going to break that down to, well, your half was this and my half was that. And, and I don't want to do life like that. I don't, want to, I don't want to be miserly. I want to be generous. I just read a book. I, was, I had a few flights to do, and I, I picked up the book, The Happiest Man on Earth, uh, Eddie Jacobs. And it is he's, he's a Holocaust survivor, and of, out of his hundred family members, he's the only survivor. He went through uh, concentration camps. He'd, he'd be walking a line, and his dad would go that way, and that's that was a gas chamber. He would be no, you, you've got a skill set. You go this way because they were either going to kill you in the gas chamber, or they're going to kill you by working you to death. Mm-hmm. They didn't care how you died; you were going to die. But if you were useful, you'd make them some money, or you'd make them a machine, or you'd do something, and you'd serve their purpose. But after the atrocities that he witnessed, his family being brutalized, six million Jews being slaughtered, he's, he, he believes he's the happiest man on earth because he found on the inside of himself an ability to rise above 
what it, what he'd experienced and say, I can see the good and I can see the blessing. I can see the blessing that my family is. And, and all through the book, he wrote, my dad always told me, be generous, give to others. They were starving to death. They were skin and bone. And he, he's a man that's probably my height. So I'm about 80 kilos. At the worst of it, he was 28 kilos. So that's skin, bone, nothing else, like flesh just covering a frame. And he said they would, people would come and they would find people hiding or, and he'd give them half of his food uh, because it's like it's better to share. And it, he always says through the book that a burden shared is a burden halved. Joy shared is joy doubled. And, and, he, and he's just got this perspective of that's who we need to be to our world. If we're going to be the invitation, if we're going to shine bright and be that light that attracts others to Jesus, the end of the day, everybody needs Jesus. Yeah. When it's all said and done and this, this life wraps up, people need Jesus. Yeah. And that should be our sole purpose and mission in life. Yes, live a good life. Yes, live blessed. Yes, achieve your dreams. Yes, go after your goals. But don't let them be the idol of your life that that's all you go after. Go after lives. Go after souls. Go after friends. Go, go. Let somebody else's life be blessed because you exist. Amen? Be inclusive. Be interested. Be normal. It's just a freebie right there. Engage. And literally I have heard people say, I don't need anybody else in my world. I don't, I don't need, I've got enough. I've got my friends. I've got the people that I want to do life with. I've got a rhythm. I've got a, it's like, who cares? Engage and welcome people. Bring people to the table. You may not do life with them forever, but there's a saying that one, one, plants, another waters, and it's the Lord that brings the increase. There will be people that are brought across your path in life for a season. For that season, be generous, be inclusive, be engaging, be Jesus to them. Feed people, and not just physically, their body, with through hospitality. Feed them spiritually and relationally. Feed people's souls. Feed people's spirits. That's who we. That's how we shine bright. God has placed a seed on the inside of you that He wants you to plant in somebody else. What is the revelation that you carry that is being deposited on the inside of your soul that you can give to that unshakable? See, somebody can tell God isn't real and Jesus doesn't exist and God's not a miracle. But I've experienced it all. I've experienced miracles. I've experienced healing. I've experienced the goodness of God. So you can say what you like, but I've had an experience. And there's a saying that the man with an experience isn't subject to the man with a theory. Your theory may be God doesn't exist. My experience is he's real. I've experienced that freedom. I've experienced that touch upon my life. I've experienced that change that can only come through a good and loving Savior. So you can say what you like, and I'm going to love you. But I know on the in, I've got this unshakable truth. Jesus Christ is real. Yeah. He's my Lord, and so and I can give that to somebody else. Yeah. What is it that you're carrying that you can give to somebody else? Give it to them yeah. freely. Given yeah. freely, you've received freely. Give, Amen. Yeah. And the funny thing is that the table it's not just practical. Here's a here's a slab of wood. Sit down and eat. It's personal. That, that's not just having people in our world in a practical sense. It's getting personal and vulnerable and real. Jesus' disciples became Jesus' disciples at the table. Not just walk, follow me. I'm going to give you an example. This is our lecture for today. All right, good. Go home and do your homework. He's like, no, no. Now let's do life together. Yeah. We saw some things today. We saw the feeding of 5,000. We saw a man raised to, to life. Imagine the disciples walking behind Jesus when Jesus walks towards a coffin and touches it. And a, a boy that's dead sits up. 
imagine that. But they didn't just have to sit on that and, oh my gosh, what did we just see today? Jesus said, now come back, let's recline at the table and let's talk this through. Let me reveal to you what just happened. Let me show you who I am. Because I'm the same there and I'm the same here. And this is what's flowing through my life and this is what can flow through your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Is this helping anybody? And the thing is this, we can tell people Jesus loves them or we can show people Jesus' love. And that's what I believe the church needs to be in this day and hour, in this, this new era of church. Let's stop talking about Jesus and let's start showing Jesus to the world, to the people we encounter. It says here in James, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to be to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it in the same way faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. It's one thing is I love Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's amazing. He's, and if I do nothing for you and nothing for your life, it's of, no, it's of no value. And there's a saying that you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And I, I, I've been guilty of that at times where I'm praising and I'm glorifying and I'm praying and I'm worshiping and I'm declaring and I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord and I'm doing nothing for anybody else. We have to go out and earth our faith in good deeds and works towards humanity. Amen? Amen. Can I get the team to come back up? I, I was going to read the Good Samaritan, but we all know the story about the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan where somebody's beaten up and left lying on the road and one passes by and another passes by and another passes by, a, a religious man, a man of the cloth, and then a, a sworn enemy. But the sworn enemy loves humanity. And says, you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to pick you up, I'm going to get you healed, I'm going to take you to hospital, I'm going to pay your bills and whatever's needed, I'm going to do for you. Sometimes being the light of the world means that we have to stretch, that we have to reach out, that we have to do things that cost us. But it's okay because God is no man's debtor. You will never be debtor to God. He will always pour out and provide and meet every need that we have in our lives. Like I said, church, the table isn't just functional, it's inviting, it's engaging. And I don't know if you've ever been to a like a campground and there's you go to the mess hall or the food hall and there's just long timber tables just lined up before you, but they're empty and they're cold. It's like, well, that's where you're eating your food. Or if you've ever then gone to a banquet hall for a wedding or a party or a celebration and there's there's lights and there's candles and there's flowers and there's food just adorning the tables and it's like, please, we've got a name tag for you. Come and sit and eat. And you sit there at a at a formal or at a this special occasion and you feel like royalty. That's what our lives should feel like to others. That they're not coming to the campground. They're coming to a banquet hall. And and when they walk up to you, your lot your eyes light up. Shelly is a banquet hall. Shelly is the one that you, you walk towards her and her eyes light up, her mouth, her smile, it's engaging, it's inviting, it's like, it's disarming. Do you know how demeanour will do one of two things to people? It will attract or it will repel. And, and we need to be like that where we're attracting. I, I'm, I want to disarm you now. I'm harmless. I only want good for you. I only want to bless you. I don't want to take from you. I don't want to, I don't want to cause you to be burdened. I, I, want, I want you to walk away from this experience lighter. To me, that looks like Jesus inviting us to the table. 
and then say, why don't you now go and invite others to that? It can't just be practical. I'm flying back from New Zealand the other day. I was sitting there and we had a three-hour delay and there was these four young Mormon kids walked into the into the air lounge. And I knew they were because they were they had their badges on. And it was Elder Dan, Elder Steve, Elder Elsie, whatever her name was, I can't remember. I said, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I knew who they were and I knew why they were there. They were there on missions. So they'd come from Utah and they were on their way to Australia to do a mission. Because my mission, my practical mission, is to tell Jesus, people, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Do you know that? You need Jesus. Jesus loves That was the practical nature of their mission. I tried for three hours to get their attention, to, to make eye contact, because I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to say, because they were 18, 19, and 20. They couldn't have been more than 21, 22, but they were on mission, doing God's work in the earth. But I couldn't get their attention. And I, I didn't want to have a facetious com- uh, conversation. Around. I wanted to have a real conversation with them. Tell me what you're doing. I can't believe you're that passionate at 18, 19, 20 that you'd leave Utah, come to Australia to tell people about Jesus. That's unbelievable. I could not get their attention. The only thing I could have done is literally walk up and say, hey, how are you doing? But I thought, how sad is that? That they're on mission, but we're actually doing nothing that's any good for anybody else. I think our life, that, that's a life under a bomb. That's a life with a badge, but no, what's, what's backing the badge? Our lives have to support the statement. Does that make sense? I shared this scripture a few weeks ago, but the table isn't a place of interrogation. It's a place of intimacy. I've got no right poking the finger at anybody else. The only right I have is to welcome people in. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I'm standing at the door knocking, not so I can interrogate, not so I can judge, not so I can belittle, so I can come and dine with you. God wants to dine with us at the table. And then from the table in a place of empowerment, he wants to send us out to be what he's created us to be. Amen. Can we stand at our feet this morning? I want to challenge us, church, in the day and season that we find ourselves in, to be all that God has created us to be. To, to rise, to shine, to, to flavour people's worlds, to be generous, big-hearted, engaging, to, to give more than we take, to, to, to love more than we, we hold on to frustrations and, and condemnation and judgment, but just, just to be free in this life so that God can be glorified. Amen. Father, have your way in our life. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we live in good days, that you've you've gone before us, you're going before us, and you're going to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Thank you, Lord, for, for choosing us to be a part of your family, the army of God that is going to usher in great revival in the earth. Thank you that you're moving by your spirit in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. And everybody said, come on, let's put our hands together for God this morning. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.